on this episode of Quantum Week, January 4th through 10th, 1998. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap to a random. I am. (laughs) Who I am. God damn it. Can we try that again? <laughs> we can do this. What do you mean? Good. Ah, oh, Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies and music and headlines and everything and else. Stories and everything else. And uh, we are in um, January 1998. This is uh, Chris Week. Yes. So this was, uh, we're doing, we're talking about Titanic and we're going to talk about uh, Brian, Brian Wilson. Wilson by Bare Naked Ladies. Yep. Titanic uh, is not the reason I picked this week, just say it up front. Um, we can get into that in a bit. Um, but we do have some house cleaning notes. Yeah. House notes, house, house cleaning. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Housekeeping. Yes. Even better. Right. Um, so we have the, uh, the, you want to talk about the Patreon? Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So just so you know, uh, next episode is a big one for me. A big reason why I did pick this week. Right. Jackie Brown. Yes. Uh, Quinn Tarantino's follow up to Pulp Fiction. It's the third movie he made. Um, super excited to talk about it. Uh, so if you, uh, become a, a Patreon member, uh, patron, patron, patron member, sure. the $5 uh, month variety, you'll get access to that episode. Uh, which will come out on Sunday, but you also will have out- access to our Outbreak episode and Rocky Three. Yes. Which, uh, so I think once you become a member, you have access to like everything that's been there. And also want to say thank you to all of our our patrons. Um, the response has actually been better than you and I, you know, expected, wanted, even in the beginning. Yeah, um, it's been I mean, awesome. We sort of had some goals in mind of, of what we wanted in the first couple of weeks, and it succeeded that. And so thank you so much for doing that. And we also want to give a shout out to some of our patrons um, Angela G, Emily C, James D, and Brian T. Thank you so much. And every episode we'll announce a couple more. Thank you. And we also have a website. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, quantum-week.com. And there uh, it just gives some links to all of our different stuff. So, you know, Twitter, Patreon, um, the shirts. Yeah, more importantly, it has the shirts. The shirts. So we have shirts. We have t-shirts. Yep. So you can go to quantum-week.com and you click on the, like, the store. It's like In the, the top right. Yep. Uh, and you can, um, uh, and you can pick a shirt. The cool thing about the shirts is it has the, has our logo and it says this movie's trash yes. on the, on the back. Uh, and it can be any color you want, which I like. Cause like, you know, what color I'm, I like Matt does, might not like vice versa, whatever. Sure. So it has actually has quite a few colors available. Oh yeah. Um, like so, probably 20 or something. Um, what's that? Probably like 20 or something. Yeah. I think yeah, so. There's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you pick a color and then, um, you can get a shirt and, um, you know, uh, I like to do a t-shirt every three months. But like, you know, this one is kind of, uh, I see this is more of our standard. Sure. A quantum week ago, boom. But we have some, I think some fun ideas coming up that I definitely <laughs> would like to, you know, I think every couple months to do a, a new shirt would be kind of fun. Yeah. I think um, that's a good goal. This would be the, the first one. Um, so yeah, check that out and check out the website. Matt did, Matt made the website. Matt did a really great job. Thank you. I think it looks really sharp. Um, and it's nice to have kind of a, a nice website there. So, uh, quantum dash week.com and get a shirt, get a shirt. Um, Shall we move into Titanic? Titanic. I'm kind of feeling like this might be a little bit of a weird show. Do you get that like right off the right? I feel. Oh, well, you struggle with the intro. I, I, I so maybe. <laughs> I feel like you've done a little bit of struggling. I'm too. doing a great job. <laughs> I think I'm actually doing okay. You're doing so good. Yeah. Do you also think that you picked this? Did you did you have a little laugh in your head thinking that I would have to watch this movie though, Titanic? No, you, I, it wasn't part of it. Like, oh, there's an added benefit I that Matt the has movie, to watch it. 
I didn't care about you at all. You didn't care about me at all. Not at all. Like, but not, you, but not you didn't want to. But you didn't want to watch Titanic, really. Did well, you? I just seen. So I had never seen Titanic, and I had just seen it for the first time in like March yeah. or April, even May. It was like it was pretty recently. So I'm like, sure. ah, it's, it's, you know, it is a very, it's a three hour, twenty minute movie. Uh, so it's a it's a long one. So I'm like, oh, to go back and watch it again, but fine. But I was just, I knew too. I mean, Titanic um, was uh, the the at, was the biggest box office movie ever until it got passed by avatar right so you know you're doing a show like this where we have to do the number one movie every week yeah we're gonna run into it so i'm like all right so i get a chance to talk about jackie brown and i get a chance to talk about goodwill hunting in the same week titanic is titanic all right, that's all right so wh- wh- what is your take well, on titanic? i mean when i was watching it i longed for the days of watching billy madison that's how i feel about it longed for those days <laughs> so go ahead and say it uh, okay, no, it's not true. I don't actually think that this movie is trash. I just, I think, okay, it's, you, you were right saying this is a, a tale of two different movies. It is two movies. Because you have the first hour and a half, which is all that backstory and the love affair and all that, and then you have the sinking of the Titanic. That part, I found myself liking the documentary style stuff more than I liked. Documentary style? Well, like when they were doing, uh, so in the beginning, it's it's shot kind of as a documentary. You've got- um, oh, oh, you, oh, you mean, oh, the Bill like, Paxton stuff. Yeah, Bill Paxton okay, when okay, you're going yeah. underwater. Oh, the, like, present, let's call it present day Present stuff. day, yes. Yeah. When you're seeing all the underwater sure. stuff and, and the, that. The actual Titanic? Yes. Really interesting. Did, was, it the, was it that actual? Yeah, well, there yeah was Cameron footage. went down and- Fuck. So the whole reason Cameron wanted to do this movie was he wanted to see the Titanic. I know he's infatuated the with that. The movie itself, yeah. he actually even admits, he's like, that was secondary. I, I just wanted, I've always been obsessed with shipwrecks. Right. I want to go down and see the Titanic. Okay. So when he, the, how he was able to do it was he said, I want to do Romeo and Juliet on Titanic. Yep. Um, no, yes, we could recreate this of CGI, but if we just do, you know, cost plus X, you know, say 30% more, we can actually go to the real Titanic and do it. And because he's coming off such a string of hits, um, they, they the studio him. said, yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that is the real Titanic, which I mean, is really that's, cool. That is really compelling stuff that, and then also the shipwreck is, it's pretty amazing what he was able to do, what they were able to do with that. So that part I really appreciate, which is why I wouldn't call this movie trash, but the narrative, I was not really into it all. There are many parts of the narrative that I thought was really shitty. I thought there was a lot of cheesy moments. Now you, you hated Billy Madison. I, um, Yes, it's a bottom five movie. Okay, for you hated it. Yeah. So, okay, what would you rather do? Would you rather watch Billy Madison again or watch Titanic again tonight? Billy Madison, because it's 90 minutes. I mean... Matt Carano, why do you hate every movie? <laughs> <laughs> Just make that up. I thought about it yesterday. So, I, to I Desperado, was of course, I was, the Eagles I, was, I was like, Carano hates this. I was like, I bet he hates it. And it, how do you feel about it? Do you, I like it. I actually like this movie. You do like the even yeah. the narrative stuff. So okay, so this movie is two movies, but not the two movies you talked about. Yeah, for me, it's two movies where, and it's it's funny because I I did the timestamp on it. It's exactly halfway through. The ship hits the iceberg at exactly the halfway <laughs> yes. point, which is really interesting. That is interesting. Um. Uh. So the first half movie is uh, a lot of setup and character development. Yep. Um. And <laughs> look at a little laugh. Some 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 really rough dialogue. It, it you know it's rough. It's rough. Um, it's, I mean, it's held, it's, it's elevated more than it should be because you have legitimately great actors. Leo is great. And so is Winslet. Mm. Oh, I think, I think Winslet's better than DiCaprio in this. I don't, oh, I, I think she's okay. That's I actually thought take. some of the other actors did better than she did. I thought Zane was okay. Oh and my I thought, God, that's horrible. I thought Zane was he okay. He was awful. And what I is thought, wrong with you? I, I really was not, I didn't really Billy buy Zane Winslet. Zane is a cartoon character in this. He is terrible. I thought he did pretty, oh, well that, I don't, bl- I don't necessarily blame him though. I blame the, the, the way that the character was written, but I thought he does well. No. I think he actually, I think he could have taken that 
so far over the top. He did. I don't think it was anywhere near as bad. He's a pretty reserved. He's a pretty reserved actor in general. He's he can hold back. Like if you think about here, he didn't. Billy Zane is a great example why the script is so bad. The script is bad. Is because. Winslet and DiCaprio make it work because they're incredibly talented actors. They are great actors. Oh, I, I find her incredible in many other roles. I don't think that she's very good here. She's fantastic. Billy Zane is not a great actor. No, I agree. In a, in a regular movie, he's like, he's like, okay. Yeah. And when you have him reading this dialogue, he doesn't know what to do and he becomes like a wild, <laughs> insane person. You know, Kathy Bates, I thought Kathy great was good. actress, yeah. right? Yeah. So she makes it work. Right. But like, you know, if that had been, I don't know, you know, Rebel Wilson, you're like, oh, this this sucks. Yeah, what a you know, she can't handle it. Yeah. So you, Cameron was smart to go and get, and even the Bill Paxton stuff. Bill Paxton's a really good actor. I don't like Bill Paxton, but I thought he was good here. I think he's a really good actor. I yeah. think he's a really good character actor. If you just look at like the lines on the page, it's like, oof, that is some rough stuff. Sure. Um, but I think Cameron he works was okay. Yeah. Smart to go get talented people. Um, and Francis Fisher, I thought does a good job too. Another very good actress. Yeah. Another person, you know, if there's any other, anybody else, you'd be like, oh, yeah, what a butcher. Um, even the supporting actors, I thought he did a nice job with that. Um, yeah, so the first a, half of this sorry. movie though is much weaker than this. So which half did you like pre or post iceberg post iceberg? Yeah. I mean, I think it looks phenomenal. I think, the, I think it holds up. I think the effects are amazing. It's chill. It's yeah, scary. It's scary. You're watching. You're like, you can't believe what's happening. Yeah. It is, it is in, such an incredibly epic thing that it happens. Yeah. And it's, it's shot so massively. Cameron is so good at visuals. He is really good at visuals. It's inc- it's incredible, especially when you compare this to something like the the Poseidon movie that we saw. Like oh. it, it just doesn't even. I, and it's and I just, saw that obviously before I saw this. It doesn't even. It's not even this ballpark. I we were watching. I was so I was watching this movie, and I yeah. thought so. It was during the ice breaks. The iceberg yeah. stuff, you know, the ship's like, you know, ripping apart in half. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, how dare they even make the side? I know. Who the know. fuck do they think I they know. are? What are they you know, doing? This, you know, they make this 13 or whatever years after. Uh, and it doesn't tech- look anywhere near as good. What do you, why even bother? Don't bother. Like, just, just let. This or or just steal this part from Titanic and, and put that in your, in your Poseidon like, film. Why even, like, you're making a remake of a movie that's, uh, so you're making like an inferior remake. On top of it, you're coming in the shadow of this. In- yes epic movie that whether you like it or not, you at least have to respect it. You even have like, they're trying to recreate the ballroom scenes and shit in that, in the, oh, I know, in the I know, it's yeah. like, this doesn't even, it's not even close to Titanic. So yeah, that's, that is a, a huge positive is the visuals. Um, the filming of the shipwreck was, was pretty phenomenal. So, you, so I give this movie a B plus. I don't No, I give it a C plus because the rest of the story fucking sucks. And then even the payoff, like after the thing goes down, it just, it ruins when Winslet says, um, I'll never let you go. And he fucking drops to the bottom of the ocean. Shit like that. Oh, it no, was actually, so hard for me to handle. Oh, she didn't. I mean, she's meant she wouldn't let his, his spirit. Oh, go. I know. But like, uh, come on. Like, it's just too, too fucking on the nose. Come on. I, I didn't hate that. As I much. hated it. I hated it. And, uh, and yeah. And all the stuff before. Also, I didn't buy that. Leo would be infatuated with Kate Winslet. Honestly. Uh, I, I, I guess I, like, I, I, no, I, I don't know. Why I don't, not? I don't, I don't mind saying, oh, she's attractive or, oh, she's a beautiful yeah. girl, but being starstruck by her enough where he puts everything on the line to like make her his, then uh, I don't believe that. I think she was, I think they do a good job making her look like someone who would have been really pretty in 1914 or 1912. Like Maybe. I, I, I think that like the coloring of her hair, it's like, it just, it seemed really, I was like, I, I, that, you know, it looks like what, I can see it sort of like in a classic look like way, but beauty, it, yeah, but it wasn't like Helena Troy. Like I need to do everything in my power. I, I to make bought it. My, I didn't and buy he, it. Yeah. 
And he, that guy was also spending his time painting one-legged prostitutes. So <laughs> maybe like anyone who, you know, who can walk is yes. attractive to Leo at this point. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think he had the highest standards. My issue with Leo's character, though, is he's a, he's a, um, so my issue with all the characters in this movie, uh, actually, I shouldn't say all the leads in this movie, yeah. is that they're one note. So yeah. what I mean by that is they have one note morality. So like the, Leo does not do a single thing wrong in the entire movie. No, Every I guess single thing he does is a hero move. Sure. And it's like, oh, that's not a human being. Yep. Kate Winslet has a couple moves where she's acting like a spoiled bitch. She does. But other than that, she also is completely in hero mode. Where in the other side of things, Francis Fisher, Billy Zane, Billy Zane's like right. British yep. butler man. Um, those guys only do evil moves. And it's like, no one is either good. It's not how the world, like. No, it's not. It's childish. Like, what are we doing here? I didn't buy the, um, the, the British valet either. It's like, why wouldn't you? you so she's, she comes, he comes after, he's trying to see if uh, Rose and um, what the. DiCaprio. And yeah, Jack, yeah, Jack are, are together. Yeah. And why doesn't she say, get the fuck out of my room, asshole. Like what the, she allows him to break into the room and come after her and they're running away and he, he, he running through the boat. This guy's got a fucking gun too. Like, why wouldn't you just get the fuck out of my room? Asshole. Yeah, those chasings don't work. Like, what are you doing? That, that did, I didn't know. I, I agree. But what I did like was the hubris, like all the hubris around this thing is on sync. I love that to just to see it like, and, and the resignation, the resignation too. like they hit the iceberg. It's not, I, I didn't know how to picture this cause I didn't really do any, any, research on the Titanic in my life. Like I know about the Titanic, of course, but right. I never really read too much about it. But to think that you're sitting there, the iceberg hits and you know, two hours later, this like, how, how is that even fathomable? Two hours later, this thing and you is going to go down. Shut down. Like the captain uh, shuts down and shuts I guess it happened in real life. I guess that he did when they hit it, he became like non-responsive. Yeah, what do you, yeah. And, um, and so Cameron made it like really went out of his way to try to make this as realistic as possible. Yeah. Um, some people have pardon the pun, pokes some holes, into um, this arg- into you know this being a re- uh, like a true uh, replica of what happened. Sure, a lot of people say that it happened one night. Movie in 1958 that was made is a better representation. Hmm. I don't know, man. Like I've never seen it happen one night. I'm also not a Titanic historian by any yeah. means. But you know, you look at some of the things that I've read about some of the efforts Cameron made to make this as realistic as possible. It's like I don't know how they could have ever. He recreated the boat. That's like the thing. He, he rebuilt a boat. You're he going, rebuilt Titanic. You're going through the effort of recreating the boat. You're going to do research as to how this thing went down. He had two historians on site with yeah, him. Yeah, I mean. The entire set. Right. Like, th- th- he went out of, he also, like, you know, had the ability, which they didn't have in 1958, to go into the Titanic. That's right. And see, obviously, it's all fucking ruined and shit, but sure. you can still see, like, some elements of it. He made some small changes, like he made the stairway actually 30% wider, to fit more and yeah. to have it be more bigger as far as scope. So be it. And they, they use some different materials to remake it, but sure. the actual look of it, I guess was exactly the same. Yeah. Like throughout the boat. And, and I, it was, I thought like it was such an impressive feat to see it. Yeah. Like, and to see it then, oh, right. And to see it all, you know, sink. It's amazing. It's one of like, the, I was really blown away. Cause I went in, I went in, I saw this movie, like I said, a few months ago. I was like, ah, I guess I'll finally sit down and watch Titanic. I was bored. It was COVID. So you felt the same way I did going oh, in. I, like, I, I'm like, ah, you know, and uh, I walked away really impressed. I'm like, yeah. you know, just the sheer, um, the way they made that boat sink and the way it's, this movie looks is so good. And also I really like some of the setup of it. So like when you're looking at the Bill Paxton stuff, they show you the boat crash. Like they do like a, a, a simulation of the boat crashing. Yeah. So it's cool that you get to see what happens there. And then when you're actually seeing it happen, like quote unquote in real life or seeing it happen yeah. you know, to the characters in the movie, 
when you know, it's like, oh, you this, know, the, you, you know, know it's happening. gonna split in half. Exactly. So yeah. Like, you don't need to be a Titanic historian to know that these people are super fucked. Right. Oh, actually, I did like that. The other guy that was with Paxton, I think he had like longer curly yeah, hair. Comic book guy. I liked him talking about what was happening, getting all enthused oh, about it. You hated that him. That guy was so obnoxious <laughs> to me. But he was the one that explained what happened to the Titanic. He does, but he does it in such like a um. I know he's very. I, 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 I get thinking of comic book guy in The Simpsons. I'm like, it's so annoying. Like, it's just, oh, I hate all that. That goes back to like nerd culture. I'm not surprised you like that guy. You think I'm a nerd? I, I think you're more of a nerd than I am. I, everyone seems to agree with you, I think, but that's fine. <laughs> yes. But this is, that's the kind of guy that watches your cartoons. Like, he, he would you watch these cartoons. cartoons with you, and he, you guys could talk about him and stuff. Well, we're going to talk about some cartoons on, on the show at some point, aren't we? All right, we are. Yeah, you're going to yeah. like it. I don't know if uh, I like it, but we'll do it. I'm not going to like other, it at all. The, <laughs> Um, we can go back and forth on like good and bad. So the other issue that I had with this is the music. I hated James Horner's score. Horner's score so much because he was doing all these, he was using all these themes from my heart will go on in symphonic form throughout Mm. it. And I fucking hate that song so much. I hate it. And I feel so personally fucking insulted that he gets awarded the Academy award for this. When you have Elfman who fucking writes his ass off. Writes his ass off for well, Good Will Hunting. Well, Horner helped write the Celine Dion song. Though. I know he did. Him and another guy. I can't yeah. remember the other guy's name. Uh, yeah. I hate the Celine Dion song too. I don't mind this score. I, 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 but, I but I will say I can understand how some how it can grate somebody. Like, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I think it works for the movie. Um, I kind of it's enjoyed just it. too cheesy. It is, but I, I don't, I didn't mind what it was doing there yeah. uh, from a mood perspective and from, but I've, and tying the story together. I actually didn't mind it. Having said that though, the Elfman score is so, so far much, beyond so it. So much better. It, it's not even comparable. No, not I even mean, in the same Major realm. League and, and Little League. Yeah. Um, and Horner's not bad. He does he does good work. It's just this. Was, Horner, a better pilot or uh, orchestra person? Is he a pilot? Oh, he was. It's I, he died. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't go well. Uh, yeah. Orchestra person. Orchestra then. person. <laughs> that yeah. lives on. <laughs> yes. Oh, poor guy. Uh, anyway, so that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny, right? <sighs> Anyway, um, what I, what I thought was funny, yeah, Leo's good. I can tell he's young though too. He gets better. He gets better with age. Leo's good. Leo's good. He's really good. Uh, let's can we talk about Leo and uh, Winslow a little bit? Sure. Because they came into this movie with very similar parts of their career. And if you take box office away and circle good awards, which is never a great thing, but let's but it's a it's a representation on some level. Yeah, they have had somewhat similar careers. Um, so let's talk Leo. So Leo comes into this movie. And he had been in um, A Boy's Life. Um, yep. He had been nominated for an Oscar for What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yep. So he walks into this movie already an uh, uh, Academy Award nominee. Sure. He obviously, uh, he does not get nominated for this, by the way. That's right, he does not. Um, none of, the, uh, none of the, 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 main, the main characters do, right? No, no, Winslet no, does. Winslet does. Well, yeah. uh, so he gets nominated, he does not get nominated for this. In fact, he doesn't get nominated again after Gilbert Grape until 2005 for The Aviator. Right. Loses. Nominated for Blood Diamond, loses. Uh, nominated as a producer for Wolf of Wall Street, yep. and obviously Wolf of Wall Street loses. Wins for Revenant, famously, and yep. then uh, loses for an, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He should have won more. So he's been nominated. Oh, of course, he should have been, no- been nominated for, um, I'm sorry, seven times. He's won once. That's, 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 that's bullshit. But it is interesting, though. He came in. Uh, oh, so also him and Winslet are like months apart. They're almost exactly the yeah, same age. Yeah, they're the same age, yeah. Born um, in 1970, I think. They're a few years older than us. Uh, 74, I think. No. Yeah. Oh, so four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, you're right. Seventy four. Sorry, doing um, bad math. So, uh, so yeah. So the so he came in kind of like he obviously had done Romeo and Juliet too. Yeah. So he kind of came in. He definitely had a bigger name than Winslow coming in, but Winslow also was was British though, so we wouldn't be as familiar with some of her work. Sure. Winslow comes to this movie, 
Um, she had already been nominated for uh, a supporting actress nomination for Sense and Sensibility. So she came to this movie a one-time Academy Award nominee, which is interesting. Yeah. And then she then gets nominated for uh, Titanic, um, which I think she's very good in this, especially in some of those scenes where they're un- where she's like trying to save Jack. That scene when that part when she's alone and the water's rising and she's looking That's for help. That's a good scene. That yep. is the best scene in the movie. Yep. She is, and she's alone. Yep. And she's so good. She does very well. In there. And a big yeah. reason that scene is so good yep. is there's no dialogue. Yes. Um, so she's she's in, she she gets nominated for this, uh, and then she gets nominated uh, four years later for Iris, uh, supporting actress. Never nomination. seen it. No, I haven't either. Yeah, she gets nominated best actress for Eternal Sunshine, which is a great movie. She's great very movie. good in it. She's playing uh, against type. She's really good. Yep. Uh, she's nominated for Little Children uh, in 2006. Never seen it. I haven't seen it either. She gets wins for The Reader, which is a very good. Never seen it. Dark movie. Uh, uh, in 2008, and then she gets nominated for Steve Jobs, which I haven't seen. I've seen Steve Jobs. I like it better than most people. Um, I forgot. The, oh, yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. So she also yeah. is one for seven. That's crazy. Pretty pretty neat, right? Um, so um, th- so these those two kind of came in with their, um, basically their careers in front of them, obviously. But like, and this obviously then, you know, you know, Leo then does that shitty beach movie. Um, that movie, The Iron Mask, comes out after this. Yeah. But he had made that before this was a sensation. Right. So, like, he made that between post of Titanic. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, that doesn't really count um, to me. Because he wasn't still picking. He didn't have the same power he's in Hollywood until after this, this comes out. Right. So, you have The Beach, which sucks. And then he finally teams up with Spielberg for You Catch Me If You Can. And then, um, obviously, then famously Scorsese for Gangs of New York, which sure. is a movie I love. It's I know an a lot awesome of people don't like it, yeah, but I, awesome I, I love it. Um, and Winslet obviously uses this movie and uh, kind of goes more... More straight, straight drama. Yeah, exactly. Um, She's not a big box office draw, I don't think, after this. No, I guess she probably never would. She also, to her credit, didn't do the uh, the Kate Hudson romantic comedy sure. route. Which she's another person, no, nominated for an Oscar, and then just goes and does these like cheesy, yeah. dumpy movies just to, just for the paycheck. Winslet, to her credit, never really does that. On the flip side, James Cameron comes into this movie, and you can make a case that this movie, in a way, ruined his career. I think so. Because he never wants, because this movie is so big and it's such a huge success. He literally, I mean, you know, he does, he, this movie was a disaster during filming. Um, you know, they wanted to pull the plug. The only reason they didn't was because they invested so much into it. They're like, fuck yeah. it. And he's notoriously hands on. So he's he, in everything. He's a nightmare to work yeah. with. He's a disaster. He's, he's a, he's a, he's yep. a, he's a dick. He's been married five times. Yes. He's a monster. <laughs> and he, they're like, we're going to, no, we want you, we want to cut the movie an hour. It was three hours. Instead of being 320, can we make it 220? And said, if you edit my movie, you gotta fire me. But if you want to fire me, you gotta kill me. And like, and like, like he meant it. Like yeah. he's he's insane. He's insane. And I think if you have a movie of this scope, we have this much cast and this level, we have stunt guys like falling off. Like they did CGI <laughs> some stuff, but most of the stuff they didn't. Oh. And like they they made the they made the part of the boats out of foam. So when you crash into it, it wouldn't fucking kill you. They were gonna drop a guy into the propeller. A couple people did stuff similar to that, and some people got kind of hurt a little bit. Not not too bad. Yeah. But so they're like, uh, maybe we'll just see the propeller guy. But other guys on the other side of the boat where they fall in, oh, that's I them know. falling. Yeah. They're falling and, like down the deck when the thing's vertical. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, holy fuck. But it was even beyond that. You just think of the scope of this movie, the craftsman to get the boat made, everything. I know. They, they, they had to buy part of the ocean. That's right. They did. Yeah. To like, like it just, it just, it's just madness. And, you know, to then go to do, from doing that movie to doing, say, I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there, but imagine him then going and doing like a true eyes, like a kind of a, a big budget action movie. You can't, you're not doing that. You, you can't do that. No. I don't think I, I, I don't, 
think you can ever come down from this. So then he does, after this comes out, in, 2000, in 2003, he does, he does this like ghostly abyss where he then goes back with yeah, Bill Paxton. Right. They go back and they do the Titanic game because he loves it. So it's a documentary, right? Documentary. Yeah. Um, and he has Aliens is Deep, another like IMAX documentary, yeah. which is fine. He doesn't make a feature film again until Avatar, 2009. And the whole reason he makes Avatar is because he wants to basically do Star Wars, you know? Yeah. And he wants to create, because the only way you can really do top Titanic is to create your own new your own no world. world. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll hit Avatar eventually. Avatar doesn't work. Yeah, but um, yeah. we'll hit Avatar, I'm sure. I mean, enough. it's beautiful, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and I like this movie so much better than Avatar. I am, I just find the visuals of Avatar like just gorgeous. And I, so is this. Though. I think so this, is this has better so visuals. I think the visuals of this are just amazing. <sighs> the That's way tough. he makes the night look. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just in awe about it. And I, I know that it's, it's, you know, you're not, when you go and sit down and watch a movie, you're not watching a painting. I get it. So it needs more than just visuals. Right. I understand. Yeah. I think you are also getting some top shelf acting. You're getting some bottom shelf dialogue. You know, I get <laughs> it. I'm with you. Um, but you know, you're getting, you're getting some really good acting. It's funny. The supporting actor characters are really interesting. The real life people. Yeah. The captain. Um, that one guy. Um, Who's the British actor? Who who did he design the boat? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> no. Uh, you have um, uh, Victor Ger- Victor Gerber from Argo. Yes, is exactly. Boat, That's exactly a, right. A great he's character. Great. Yeah. He's uh, by the end of the movie, he's just so despondent. And, and you know, he created this this mess. And I, 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 so after this was over, I went and did a kind of a deep dive Titanic. Yeah. And I guess, you know, sure enough, to, to Cameron's credit, these people are kind of this is who they were. Yeah. Uh, the Cameron, it's all the fictional characters: Billy Zane, Francis Fisher, you know, the, the Winslet and DiCaprio. Those people don't feel real because they're not, and they feel even more artificial when you're comparing them to real people. That's right. Who are behaving sometimes in a nice way. And sometimes in a horrible way, like that guy, um, really. In, so, okay. I want to tell a couple of quick Titanic stories. Okay. Cause I was just, I went down this rabbit hole. I'm like, I, I was just, I was up to like 4am last night. Jesus. Something like that. I was crazy. I was just reading Titanic stories. Titanic stories <laughs> going, going crazy. The guy that sees the iceberg. Yes. He admits in, uh, later on in like, uh, insurance hearings that, um, he could have seen it sooner. And they said, mm. how much sooner could you have seen it? And he says, quote, soon enough to get out of the way. No. So he has this guilt his whole life. Oh, fuck. He ends up uh, working on the next boat they sent out. I think it's called the Olympia, the Olympic. I might have that wrong. I'm sorry. But whatever the next boat, that next boat, this white, was a white line? Is that the name of the yeah, company? What, like that? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He works on it, but he noticed that they were treating the Titanic survivors differently. They were like coddling them and they were giving them kind of like very menial. And he's like, I just don't want to do this. I want to do something else. And anyway, he ends up uh, being widowed at 60 and he is thrown out of his house. He's homeless and he hangs himself. Jesus Christ. And, uh, but they say, you know, a reason he hung himself, he's just depressed his entire life. He just, you know, had this guilt. Another person was the um, guy that uh, you see his character is actually in the movie quite a bit. He's the guy that tells them to speed up the boat. And he's very cocky. Right. Has, and, um, and he's one of the guys that kind of sneaks onto a lifeboat. He's like maybe the owner of white line or something, or one of the, like the managers. He's of a white high line up guy. He's, yeah, and exactly. he kind of like, uh, very shrewdly hops into a, and you can see the guilt on his face when he oh, gets into the life. Oh my God. Fuck really, that guy. Really good acting. Yeah. Cause he's not, once again, no dialogue. He's not saying anything, but yeah. you can see in his face and then totally guilty. And they also show his face as he can, you see from his face as the boat sinks yep. and you just see like his guilt and his like, he just, he feels like he should have been down with the boat. How do you come back from that? And I guess the real life person was a bit more heroic there that I guess he did help some people on the boats, but he also did also get a boat stayed, on the right. He survived. And um, he got, when he came back, he got a lot of shit because he was the top ranking person from the boat to survive. Yeah. And I guess he got a lot of like hate mail, things like that. Fuck. And he dealt with his guilt his entire life. And eventually he became, 
Uh, he had some other illness. He got older. He lived a long time. And he's depressed his whole life. And I guess he, like, the last couple years, like, he wasn't even verbal. Like, and he was just, and he, and they said that he, some people, like, compared him to, like, a corpse that you dragged out from the, like, I mean, how do you recover well from that? He might have been a corpse. He might as well have gone down. Yeah, exactly. How do you recover from that? Yeah. I mean, I totally understand the guilt of the, of, of uh, the other guy, too. I mean, it might have just been minutes earlier. Because yeah. it, it scraped the side. You know, it it's not the like side. they hit it straight on. Right. So, yeah, a cut, like one more degree if difference they were going in turn. Slower. Right. Now, there are some rumors of whether that's true or not. So Cameron definitely, I, I noticed in reading about this, not that I'm a historian by any means, but uh, reading about this, anytime the rumor, if there were two sides to the story and one side was more dramatic, Cameron always shows the more dramatic side. Of course. Which I understand. You're a filmmaker. And that, it's, right. it's for entertainment too. Right. It's not a, it's not a historical piece. It's of course. It's not a document of history. Right. right. So, but he always shows the more dramatic route. So, you know. Yeah, I can't fault him for that. I can't either. No. Um, but the, I thought the stuff around the crew and the way they were depicted and I really just liked how they were because I think Cameron felt so indebted to tell the true story. Yeah. So, because of that, he didn't get let cheesy dialogue get in the way. He was honest and it was really good. I, I and the whole, that whole last hour and a half of the ship sinking that's pretty good filmmaking. It's pretty that's good. like a, that's like a really, that's like an A minus top shelf movie. The rest of the movie to me, the first half movie is probably a B minus movie they, to me. They could have started right there and it would have been fine. Thing hits, <laughs> goes. Yeah, I mean. I you, mean, you wouldn't need Leo for that. You wouldn't need Winslet for that probably, but uh, it would be, prob- I mean. But you wouldn't have, a lot of the fun though is seeing the ship in its glory beforehand. Okay, so you could spend twenty minutes on that part, or just talk about the crew. Because like, right, you don't you don't need the, the love story there. You don't it, need Romeo and Juliet. But because I didn't but give a shit about wrong, either. Though. Like this movie oh, doesn't sell. A hundred percent. Where yeah, I'm. Wrong. And now you made this two hundred million because the movie cost would have been the same. Yeah. So now you made this two hundred million dollar movie that you know because the whole reason you know if you were alive during this time you might be like wow this tank made a lot of money. What happened was these teenage girls were going every week to see it. Yeah. You know, and it oh, because of the right, because of the and, and so, uh, yeah. like they would say, like it was just the same girls going to see the movie over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and I kept it because it was number one. Because right now we're in January, right? Which is obviously right around when it came out. I get it, but like it was number one up until like March. Yeah, like and, well, in fact, it was, it was, and they kept going to see it over and over again. Like you know, and you think about it, if you're a young kid, you know, DiCaprio never does a single thing wrong. And it shows love from a very like youthful way. It like, does. Like it's very immature. It's very perfect. And it doesn't last long. You don't see any, there's not. Right. You see like a flirtatious kind of love hate thing happen in the beginning, but there's not, it's, it's, it's kind of perfect and it ends perfectly. You don't see it's them very young. Together. There's no, right. There's no yeah. state. There's no, there's nothing. Yeah. You wouldn't fall in love with someone after two days, no. but, but that's, you know, but if you're a young kid, yeah. you probably do have these like, you know, emotions. You, you do feel that strongly about it. So sure. you would, you would, you know, in theory, believe it. Right. Um, yeah, and, I can you, see you, that. and you would also want to see it. It's idealizing something you're feeling. It would be cool to see the demo of uh, who, like the, demo, uh, the, the demographics, demographics of, of who went and saw this. That. Well, it would be neat to see like, everyone oh, went and saw it, but then some who went and saw it repeat times. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, okay, 40, you know, if our, our audience was 40%, um, you know, teenage girls from 13 to 18 or something right. like that would be neat to see. Uh, to and it was being 13, which is kind of shocking in a lot of ways. Cause there is like, oh, there's a lot of violence in the movie. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of blood, uh, but there is a lot of people dying. Well, it's intense. I and mean, then you, you, have yeah. a little bit, you have some nudity with Kate Winslet. Oh, you do. That, that is strange to see. I thought once you saw a titty, you had to no, show. That's, that's, that's not, not true. No, not it, it's a lot of that to do with sexual. So mm. because he's painting her, you know, draw me like you did the uh, girls in Paris, if you will. That's right. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not sexual. So you can get away with a lot more. I um, can see that. You know, if you yeah, because later on they have the sex scene. So if they put it there instead, right. then it's a whole different ball. Right. 
That yep. was actually a good way to introduce um, <laughs> introduce some some nudity into your film without uh, without, without, without getting yeah, yeah. Well, Cameron knew what he was doing. Yeah. And uh, so you have a little nudity. You have a little. Uh, a little you, have, bit of you, have, you have a little. You have some violence. <laughs> you do. You got a love. Scene. You, got, you really do kind of have something for everyone. You do that. And that boat scene. That's a lot of action for for a guy to go and see this film. Yes. Like you maybe. I guess you'd sit through the first hour and a half in order to get to that. I guess you would. Yeah. I mean, you're probably like, I did your eyes. You, oh, when you, oh, I didn't either. I mean, I, you know, I heard kind of cheesy love story that teenage yeah. girls like, and yeah, I won the Oscar, but I was just like, I don't know. I'm good. Should we talk about that stuff? Like the Oscar stuff? I feel like we talked about it a lot already. Um, we can, I, if you want we to, we were going to, I know we, we'd said in the last episode that we wanted, I, it but did we talk about it too much? Awards. I mean, we can, I definitely want to kind of give a guess, brief overview. It won best picture, one director. Right. Um, it did not win any acting awards and then it won a shitload of technical awards. Right. Um, which I, I is tough to really to kind of like talk about. Cause a lot of that stuff is highly detailed and a lot of stuff is, you know, beyond my, you know, the, the, you know, cinematographer is what they're looking for. I can maybe talk about it to some extent, but like, sure. you know, a sound mixing and a sound. Like yeah, I, can't, hard to I tell. can't talk about that. It, that's hard to tell. It did win a ton. It won, it won it what, 11? I think so. It was it nominated for 14 and won, yeah. won a lot. Maybe won nine or something. Something like that. Um, maybe it was nominated for 13, won nine. Something. It was an insane amount. Uh, you know, wildly successful. Cameron wins the Oscar and says, um, the king of the world. Which people who didn't see the movie didn't quite understand. And, no. <laughs> and then he got a lot of like backlash and that. And he said, I was just quoting the movie. Oh, so one character that's ridiculous. Fabrizio. Hey, he's a fucking stereotype. Is he the Pope? Maybe. Or is he a pizza guy? Maybe. He is, he is ridiculous. It is such uh, a silly, so stupid character. Fucking top. Yeah. It's, it, uh. it, it's just, we're going to go on the Titanic. <laughs> it, it's so, it's so stupid. It's, it's so silly. It, it, it has no business being a, like, so stuff like that. You're like, Oh uh, boy, here we go. Yeah. But then you'll see like, you know, still a captain quietly go, you know, when the ship is sinking and lock himself basically, um, you know, by the steering wheel. And that's like, and you can see like, what, what must he be thinking? He's like, you know, did I, should I have chose a different line of work? Should I, you know, all my life I wanted to be in this position. I'm in this position and it's all crashing down. End. Yeah. You know, is it about his family? You right. Know, you know, and the movie is intelligent enough to never let you know what he's thinking. And instead, it respects the audience enough to insert your own thoughts. Yep. But then on the flip side, you have, hey, it's me. <laughs> it's Fabrizio. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck am I watching? That's What's happening? Che- yeah, that's the cheesy shit too. Or like having Rose slip off. I mean, as, as he's saving her in the beginning or he's like getting, coaxing oh, her off. The, yeah, but she slipped. It's so telegraphed. It's like, oh, of course she's going to fucking slip. Like before this even started, I'm talking to um, Barbara. She's going to slip off this motherfucker. Yeah. That's stupid though. It's like, that's it's just dumb. It's a, eh, so telegraphed. I don't mind that. It's fine. I mean, I, I that, that I have less problem. I have more problem with like really uh, with the caricatures with poor, <laughs> poorly written characters. That really yeah. does bother me, especially a movie like this where you take so much time and effort to make sure you get the banister right in the staircase. Yep. Then you have Chef Boyardee running around the fucking ship. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? Well, that's that's not a great look uh, for Cameron. If you're gonna knock him for that, Cameron's from the George Lucas school of. Don't write your own fucking movies, you idiots. Exactly. Um, that that is uh, a problem. School, right? Uh, which Avatar, by the way, another movie that is just just atrocious dialogue. Dude, he was horrendous. He was listening to Enya the entire time he was writing this fucking movie. So he wanted Enya to do the score. I'm like, oh, you're the kind of guy who listens to Enya. Of course, you write a bad fucking script, you piece of shit. Yeah, Enya. James Cameron, by the way, uh, when this movie was beginning to be made, married to Glenda Hamilton from T2. Yep. And then uh, James Cameron fucks that granddaughter. 
Yeah. And then he marries her. He's been, to his credit, they have been married since then. I think 20 years or something. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, I wonder if William Hamilton has a tough time watching, you know, mm, uh, Titanic. Maybe a little guy. bit. Uh, by the way, so Gloria Stewart played the old lady. Oh, she got, she she got, got a nomination. Nomination for an Oscar. Come on. Gloria Stewart and sucks this movie. Yeah, she's, she's not good. terrible. Well, I mean, she's 85 years old when the movie, when the movie gets shot. She's how, 87 a shot. How awesome is she going to do? I mean, Jesus. We don't need to give her an Oscar for being old. No, we don't. That was my, yeah, I saw that too. I'm like, fuck this. You probably could have found a different old lady. There's a lot of old ladies out there. Yeah. yeah you know, okay, great example. Ellen Burstyn. I know Ellen Burstyn's a lot yeah. young. She's like 87 yeah. now, so she yeah. would have been in her 60s. I right. get it. But she was, Ellen Burstyn uh, was in Requiem for, a, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Yes. Um, and she got Oscar nomination for that uh, a couple years later after this movie. I think in 2001. Yep. And she is so good that movie is. I know, she's phenomenal in that it film. It is fucking amazing. That so film like, is hard to watch. You know what? You know, maybe just put Ellen Burstyn in some more makeup and make her a little older. Yeah, because you could do that. I mean, we were already doing that with the Golden Girls making people look older. probably be okay. It'd probably be all I mean, right. You'd probably be all right, you know, with that. And, you know, instead of Gloria Stewart, who's like, you know, just bar- barely can even say the lines. It was, yeah. a, it was a mess. I thought she was terrible. Really bad in this movie. Um, Gloria Stewart. Gloria Stewart. Two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Yeah, I'm going after the olds now. I like it. They don't listen anyway. Like they can't out, find the podcast. I like going after targets that have been dead for a few years. <laughs> and they can't come out. Different than Mariah Carey people. Uh, yeah, right. It's like, oh, I'll go out. There's no Gloria Stewart fans out there. There are, no. Stewart heads or something. Uh, so I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, I guess anything else with this film? Um, I don't know. So, so, you, so are you... Do you not like this? What's, you I don't know? like it. C plus maybe. I mean, I, the, I give it a lot of credit for the second. If it was just the second half it would be a really great movie, but the dialogue is so bad. Is it worse than you thought it was going to be? Or it, better than you thought it was Oh, I would say the act, I'd say the last hour and a half was better than I thought it would be. I, he really did the a movie great job. Entire, entirety of the movie was a better About or worse the same. I would say right on par so with what I was Because I, I knew it would be a love story in, a be, in the beginning and you know, some great action in the end. I did not expect the action to be that amazing. That's some of the best it's filmmaking really I've good. ever seen. It's really good. The yeah. scope was so amazing. I was I was really blown away, and I watched it again. You know, a few months later, I was just as blown away. It's really it was really hard to do what he did, and yeah. he did a great job. Yeah, it was amazing, and and the fact that I know they did use some CGI, but they didn't use much of it, and uh, even the ship. There was some great moments, man. Like you, like the uh, the Titanic is leaving the port, and there's a sailboat just goes by by it, and it just shows you the scope of how big this fucking Titanic is, and you're yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, when like the dolphins, they show dolphins. I know by in the front and you're like, and Jesus. you're like, uh, for me, yeah, it's a dolphin. And, uh, <laughs> the dolphin is like so tiny compared to the, sh- and you're like, Holy or just the scope, shit. like looking, you know, from deck to the ocean or ocean up the deck to the, this is fucking, it huge. is a me and it is a me, you know, the, yeah. the Titanic, the character in the movie, uh, is, is such a great oh, character, right. you know, if you want to look yeah. at it that way. Um, just important is like a sit gangs in New York. The city is to the movie. Like, you know, I think it's thing. more so here. Maybe. Um, especially cause the dialogue is so weak, you know, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, um, I, I, I could not, I really cannot say enough good things about how well this movie is made. I can say a lot better things about should have been somewhat a better writer should have, should have done the script. Yeah. Cause I mean, you could have seen the love story. You could have seen, you know, it you say that though, you know, we could knock it all day, you know, and we should knock, you know, anything we feel strongly about, but I, for what they were doing though, like, I don't know if you can do any better. You need to make a profitable movie about, Something, this big event. Right. And he did that. He kind of checked all the boxes. He did. I mean, you're right. Made a shit ton of money. But I just, as from a, my enjoyment, from what I want in a movie, I can't say that he checked all the boxes for me. I mean. It, I forgive something like this. I forgive something like Star Wars. I think Star I Wars. I forgive Star Wars. Uh, all right. And Star Wars dialogue 
is, is shitty. You forgive a lot of it because they're creating this great world. You're being introduced to a lot of interesting characters. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. The Star Wars screenplay is better than Titanic screenplay. Yes. But it's not miles above. And the dialogue certainly isn't miles above. Maybe not. The dialogue's really bad. And you're like, all right. But you kind of, you're willing to kind of ride it out because you're, because it's such a fascinating place to be. It is. And uh, I will say too, the character's, had a lot more heart than these do. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah, you've got, right. I, I, I get it, but you forgive a lot. I'm just trying to use an example of something. You forgive a lot of the weaknesses because of the strengths of the other. Uh, right. And you're doing that here. And too. Star Wars the, is an A movie. Right. Friend, don't get me wrong. I really love Star Wars. It's yeah. a great movie. My yeah. top 100 movies for yeah. sure. But, um, you know, Titanic's, you know, probably not in my top 100. Maybe if it is, it's very low. Star Wars, maybe is my top, whatever, 60 something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Titanic's not that level, but I, same scope of forgiving stuff. Forgiveness. I'm all about forgiveness day. Okay. Really? Yeah. It, what what brought you down this I path? I decided to forgive you for uh, forgive liking me. Billy Mad- for hating Billy Madison. I forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't ask for your forgiveness. For okay. That I, I no longer take. I no longer give it to you. But I will give it to Titanic. It, it, it is a brilliant made movie. If you haven't seen, it, if you like us, and you were kind of like, ah, God, I don't want to fucking. I think I really will. I really recommend doing watching this. I agree. It's worth watching because the underwater stuff is really awesome in the last half of the movie is it's definitely spectacular. It'd be spectacular to see on the big screen too. I mean, I sort I of regret it would have been. Yeah. I sort I of regret not seeing Me that too. like walking in halfway I know. through and I kind of regret. Yeah. Oh, one last thing I want to talk about. Yeah, sure. It really annoys me. It's, uh, I'm not a big, uh, the whole thing where Jack could have fit on the door with, with Kate Winslet. He, he couldn't have, they show that he, mm, the way yeah. tips, they can't do it. They tries yeah. to get on and he can't. Yeah. They're also like been through this horrible, ex, you know, experience and they're probably both very weak and they're freezing cold yes so he does try to get on the the door thing does tip they can't both get on he doesn't want to risk having her keep falling into the water yeah so it makes total sense why he's not on that thing so the whole thing that whole like uh thing people stick to that fan thing that people stick to that fan thing that people stick to you know what i'm talking about like there's also like this thing like you know like uh, i don't know this this uh, th- after movies a uh, uh, very popular movies out for a while sure some people like to take a spin on things. For instance, you see a lot of us of like Daniel Russo is the bad guy. And then they Cobra Kai out oh, of that. Which, yeah. which work has made Cobra Kai out of it. There's yeah. a lot of like people who re-edit things or re kind of refigure yeah, things. Yeah, see in a different perspective for context. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people have taken that shot of Rose on the door. You haven't seen this? I, and they um yeah. they they cut out, they basically overlay DiCaprio on it. You could you're like, oh, we could fit both on the door. Oh, I see. Yeah. They're trying to poke hole in holes in that thing. I right. Mean, they're trying to make it seem like Rose is a bitch for not letting Jack on the door. But he couldn't have fit. Like they, he tried to get on. He yeah. couldn't do it. No, I've I've been on, uh, um, like a almost like a like a dock. Yes. Even like a small dock right. or something. Same thing. Like it just you know the way that water, um, a dock floats on water. It's it's all over the place. As long as you shift a little weight, you're thinner over. Thinner than a dock, and you also have just gone through this harrowing experience. When exactly, you- and you're cold and you're weak and all that stuff. One, I mean, you could maybe complain, say, well, why didn't he? There are plenty of the things floating in the. Ocean. Maybe he could have, but it was also pitch black too. The right. lights went out everywhere. So. Yeah. I don't fault that. Yeah. I'm on the team. Rose is not a bitch. No, Rose, Rose is, is not, not a bitch. bitch. No, 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 no. She was, no, she was trying to get out of oh. her lot and all that shit too. A couple like, of things. The ending of the movie, I, I struggle with a little bit too. Oh, the fucking afterlife bullshit. Yeah. I don't mind that so much. Oh, I hate that. I don't like, so the next, next scene we see her, she's on the boat. Uh, I'm sorry. On like the rescue boat. Yeah. And she's ignoring Billy Zane character, which I kind of get. Sure. I totally get it. Fine. But her mom's there. That was my issue too. So did she too, ever right. see her mom again? She says goodbye to her mom. So as the audience, we're I guess told that she never finds her mom again. I, I guess so. That. And that her mom now her mom thinks she's dead. I, I would d- never buy that she would just disown her mom forever. Yeah, I, I don't buy. I don't it. think so I'm either. Not buying. I also think like after a 
like a huge traumatic event like that, you stick to people yeah. that you've had connection with in the past. Even this Billy's, you know, Billy's Billy trying to kill her. I get running away from him. I mean, he tried Did to he shoot try at them. Oh yeah, I guess. So I get that. Yeah, I guess that. Which is right. probably a ridiculous the, and stupid part. No, that was. Yeah, you'd go risk yourself by chasing them back down to the bowels just, of the just boat, and, and they grabbed the gun from the British. No. The British uh, butler man. No, come on, give me a break. No. So, uh, so, they, so they're on the boat. That's that's totally ridiculous. I do not exactly. buy that at all. Yeah. So the afterlife. I guess we'll, we'll tackle this and move on. Um. So there is some debate whether she's dead or she's alive. Um. They show her on the deck. She's. I, I think it's a dream. She doesn't have the necklace. Why would she hold on to the necklace so long? It doesn't make any sense. The necklace yeah, exactly. has no emotional impact to her. No. Because it wasn't like Jack gave it to her. Right. It was. Like, so she would never have held on to this necklace. No. That doesn't make any sense. And then they do quickly show her sleeping or maybe dead in that bed. I think she's dead and in the afterlife. I do too. Yeah, that's what that is. And. Right, and then she then they see her at the very end. Right, exactly. it is kind of a lost type thing. Yep. Um, which is fine. You wonder though, what about this woman's poor husband? I know. Who you know the grandfather of this? So she would choose to have eternity with exactly someone she knew for two days. Exactly. You know, eighty years ago, I thought the same thing. You know, so and if, also she never told her story to your. Can you imagine marrying someone and not sharing? So maybe Rose is a bitch, but not for the maybe not for the door. Right. No, she's a later in life bitch. Yeah, young I think Rose is cool. Young Rose cool. Uh, I would, yeah, if I'm, I can't imagine keeping something like, I was on the Titanic. Like, can you imagine not telling your wife that? Well, maybe, maybe she said, I mean, she told him about the Titanic. She didn't tell the husband about Jack. That's what she said. Oh my God. I can't imagine not saying. Why like, wouldn't you tell him? Just say like, whatever. It's an old boyfriend. Who cares? Exactly. I mean, whatever. Like, guess what? She probably fucked the, guess what? Uh, Rose's husband, your wife fucks. Yeah. So we know this. We yeah. know about Cole. We know about some other shit. And why wouldn't you tell like, he saved me from a life of fucking hell yeah. with this motherfucker. Why wouldn't you want to keep his to memory shoot? alive and Absol- talk about him and right. stuff? He just goes. I would have gone to see his family in Chippewa Falls. But like, hey, Jesus you know, Christ. She is a bitch. Yeah. So we're down on Rose. I would have. Right. Your son saved me, man. Your son. The more we talk about Rose, the more me. I don't like her. We're down on Rose. We're, we're joining this cult. It's now two thumbs down. There on was room on the door. <laughs> there was room on the door. And what about the me? No. Fabrizio. I, yeah. So actually I don't buy it. Like, I buy that she, I don't buy that part of the character development. I buy, I think she was actually, was she was actually a decent human being. She was in a really fucked up situation. Her mom was pressuring into some shit. She met some guy who was like, you need to live your life. You need to be your own person. She decided to do it. Yeah. You're telling me she wouldn't be like, carry that memory forward and go talk to his family. Bullshit. I, I, Bad all, writing by Cameron. Exactly. exactly. All kidding aside, it's just the example of Cameron not really knowing how to cap this story. <sighs> and I guess it was even a cornier scene where, um, yeah, I, I read about Bill Pax. I don't yeah. like to talk about alternate endings and stuff like that because it, they originally cut that stuff out. But I guess Paxton like, throws the necklace into the water and laughs about it and they exactly. film this. Like that character would never do that. Never do that. Oh, you're right. Life is more precious and, uh, than finding credit, treasure. Cut it. I'm not going to yeah, knock him for that. Thing. But it just shows, it just shows how Cameron must've just been scrambling to somehow end this yep. and didn't know how. Um, and he did it in a really poor way. My question is why do I have such a bias against James Cameron? When I look at his movies, some of his movies are movies that I absolutely love. I know. I don't know. I don't know. Why I don't get him. it either. I've just got this. It's if there's something subconscious in here where I hate him. And you like Terminator way when I did. I like Terminator. Terminator Two. I love Aliens. Yep. That is a phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alien and Aliens. Those two movies are phenomenal. Very I love good. that whole thing. Very good movies. The Abyss. I love The Abyss. It's particularly his cut. The director's cut. That's longer. Afterwards, it gives way more detail and explains the situation way time. better. Okay. Oh, it's 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 a really good yeah. film. True Lies is fun. True Lies is good movie. too. It's, I, it's good. It's fine. It's it gets fun. the job done. It's checks the boxes. Very fun. Yeah. Um, and then Avatar. Yeah. And Avatar Titanic. Sucks. Ah. Avatar's trash. But like, I don't know why I have this feeling. I don't. I don't get it. Maybe because 
you know, I'm pro Linda Hamilton, and I, I, I don't, don't know, know man. You got some, you got some real uh, Cameron here. I got I some really shit. And it's weird that he didn't do that many movies. He's done like ten movies, eight movies. That's weird too. DiCaprio, by the way. Yeah. This is the only movie he did with James Cameron. Oh, yeah, yeah. again. Obviously, Cameron only does Avatar, but yeah, he wouldn't have done. He's not great Avatar. He wins at Meanwhile, I did come out and say I would never work with him again. <laughs> She was afraid she was going to drown in some of the scenes. Jesus. She was just, I guess he was just a monster on set. He was just, I guess he treats the crew really shitty. He was treating like lower actors shitty. She's like, oh, he just really, and the fact she was public about it, it's like, oh, it must lot. have been really rough. Yeah. yeah. And, and he didn't, he didn't deny it. He's like, yeah, no, I'm, um, I get, you know, I got to get the job done. It's like, oh, boy, Ooh. this guy. Yeah. James Cameron. Yeah. Well, there you go. One thumbs down for him. Ah, eh, two thumbs down for screenwriting for him. For sure. Certainly. Okay. Um, that's it for Titanic. That's I, it. I, I think another long one. Oh, man. I think we've done a lot. I know. Yeah. Yeah, super size episodes this week. Oh, people like it. Or hopefully. It's a really weird version. That's Brian Wilson singing Brian Wilson. Oh, right. <laughs> I figured I'd throw that in there. It's pretty good. Um, so That's I mean, <laughs> you know, here's the the regular version. Yeah, let's play that. So my thought. So this was written. Uh, obviously, this is Bare Naked Ladies, written by Stephen Page, who was one of the founders uh, with Ed. Oh, I can't remember the other guy's last name. Um, founders of Bare Naked Ladies. They were, she or something like that? Something like that. Two Canadian-born, like, Toronto um, musicians who banded together, and they would play um, acoustically themselves just as a duo for a while until they added the rest of the band band members. That's, bare, that's the Bare Naked Ladies in a nutshell. But Paige left in 2009. That's pretty long after the Bare Naked Ladies were re- relevant. They had their biggest relevance from this album, through like the mid two thousands when they kind of hit it big in, in the United States. With I will like, say one caveat to that. Yeah, sure. Uh, the big bang theory, which is a show I, oh, I, right. I hate. Yeah. They did a theme song. For I that. actually like that theme song. I don't like theme song. Either. I think the theme song is good. The theme song is show's worst. Show's not good. Uh, but they, you know, that obviously is a huge money maker for them. Huge. That came, that came after their quote unquote peak. Right. But just a quick caveat. We don't, don't need yeah, to yeah. it I, 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 I think it's a cool, I think it's a cool, if, if you can disassociate it from the show. I, I hate this cool song show. so much, but okay. <laughs> Maybe because it reminds you of the show. Yeah, everything about it I hate. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, but Stephen Page, he wrote this song and he's the one that left in 2009. He also struggles with a bunch of mental health issues. And this song, Brian Wilson, obviously, you know, lying the the lyric "lying in bed like Brian Wilson did" did is referring to this. I don't know, like 1973 to 1976 period where Brian Wilson was. I mean, he had mental problems all his life, a lot of depression issues, maybe bipolar or whatever. But he did end up leading a very like he was very reclusive during that period and spent a lot of time in bed. He wasn't just bedridden. Yeah, you know, he would all, go out night and party, but he was, he was reclusive. Also, yeah, very reclusive. He also. Seem to be being a lot of drugs and being manipulated by, which by we'll a talk psychiatrist. About. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. So, um, so it makes sense. Like Stephen, he's relating to he, the character in his song is relating to Brian Wilson and what he did. So, and it makes sense that this was written by Stephen Page because he had his own stuff. Left the band, um, like right after a drug bust, and sounds yeah. like you know it was, it was cocaine. It wasn't just pot. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, right. And he was also going through a divorce at the same time. Yes, it's, tough. Must, life. Must have been a really tough. Yeah, for him. seems like he's found kind of a more centered lifestyle seems after like that. He has, yeah. I think he's pulled him, got his shit together, which is pretty cool. Seems like a pretty good guy. Kind of, they all seem like pretty they good people yeah. in this, even yeah. though they had a, a split, and I'm sure it was and relatively amicable. Yeah, when they were inducted to the Canadian, 
Hall of Fame. There is some. There is <laughs> they some. They did play together. There is some um, back and forth with the ones. I guess we are going to talk about it again quickly. Yeah. The Big Bang Theory score, song. There was some money debates there over like a best of album that came out. So there is. There That's is right. There was some, a little bit of that. It's not like they. You know, they're getting along great. But yeah. I, right. Page was like. You know, they kept all the royalties right. and I am owed X percentage of it. Right. But I think they figured it out because since then they've been together. In they 2018, right. they've done some stuff. So I think they figured it out. It sounds might, like they can always play together. And that might have been just a lawyer on lawyer. Th- Very well could have been. But, but uh, anyway, they figured it out. But this song is about... So the most interesting part to me... I don't mind this song. It's not a bad song. It's okay. I like this song. You really like it? I actually really like <laughs> it. I like this. I like it though. The... I don't know what, maybe we'll talk about Brian Wilson first and then we'll talk about the song a little bit after that. And I'll tell you why, what my issues are. It's not, they're not really a lot of issues. It's an okay song. It's not bad. It's peppy. But, um, so this is about Brian Wilson. So Brian, let's talk about that time period. Um, Brian Wilson, very depressed. And I think this is, this is very common with artistic people. It's like, you have to be, you have to be really in touch with, with human nature, with your emotions, you have to be very introspective in order to create art that describes, you know, the human condition. And I think, so I I just think it skews that artistic people are going to have mental health issues because you start to have like, I I know I do existential crisis, right? You start to see, you know, the depth of, of humanity, the depth of life, and it kind of scares you and, and it's hard, it's hard to take. So, so I think those type, that type of people, people with mental disorders are more apt to be artistic. You think so? I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think I will say Brian Wilson though is. Oh, he's a. I mean, there, you could even make a case like there's no one in recent show business history who's been more in touch with their emotions than Brian Wilson like, in any medium. Yeah. Movies, TV, music. Yeah. Like you yeah, know, you might be right. Like he was when he heard Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Like he was depressed for like weeks. Like he locked himself in a room. Yeah. He's tortured. Yeah. Yeah. Like it like destroyed him. But and you know he's also a creative genius. I mean, if yes. you, I love the beach boy stuff. Very good. Um, Great. He's a, the phenomenal writer, like super genius. You, uh, it's easy. To, when I was a young, young, you know, kid, um, and you know, my parents would listen to beach boys. It's easy for me to discount that poppy sound just because it was the sound of the, that time period. Yeah. It was easy for me to discount that. It wasn't until probably post college where I was listening to him. I was like, Holy fuck. Like this uh, is textured, one of the beautiful. greatest American bands ever. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice? Kills me. Like good vibrations kills me. So There's great. so many awesome songs. Um, that Pet Sounds album is just beautiful. Yes, and such a creative. Um, Even like Dance, Dance, Dance is a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. Even just like the way that that, and he was really the spark. I mean, him him as a creative genius in, in the, his recording style, and he would tr- he would get knocked. I think for. Um, you know, for trying really out there things with big symphonies and odd instrumentation. But fuck that. Like, he tried I think it's awesome, cool. cool stuff. Good Vibration is a great song. That is a great song with a theremin in there. It's so awesome. I can't tell. That's my favorite. Good Vibration is my favorite Beach Boy. It's so, like, if my you favorite, just, it's my favorite as well. It's so good. Like, it's and just it, so layered. Because it has so much to it, you can keep listening to it over and over and find and new over. things. And Good, good Vibration is a, is a fantastic It's a phenomenal song. It's a great song. Yeah. And um, God only knows. I mean, God, that, oh, it's such a beautiful it song. breaks my heart. And that's just a great uh, example of his emotion. Like, exactly. God's like God only knows. Yes. And how he's like, tries to find the beauty in the world. And, and, and Brian th- Wilson is very into, he's almost like, a, you know what Brian Wilson is? He's like a raw nerve. He is a raw nerve. It's like exposed. Yes. And it's, it's not necessarily a good thing. And think about his lyrics too. They're no, they're so good. I mean, the Beatles lyrics at the time too are really great. Yep. Um, but for that time, like the lyrical quality. I, so I got to throw my stones in there. Stones are good too. Yeah. Their, their lyrics are really good too. Agreed. 
but you don't get a lot uh, in that time period. It's a lot of really like bubblegummy pop stuff. Yeah, especially you it, don't get a lot of depth of emotion, yeah. and they had it. You know? Yeah, no, it, 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 in, in every aspect in the even like, like Soup John, like, like a yes. lot of their songs just like have you know just, it, right. He he makes you feel something. He's he Brian Wilson's a genius, and Absolutely. I love that genius, and I and I envy it, and I always ask myself, do would I want to be that much of a genius if it came with the tortured aspect of it? And I don't know that. I, I mean, I'm tortured enough as it is. You know, I don't know that I would want to. I don't know that I would want to live that way. I mean, we sort of glamorize rock stardom, or you know, to a certain extent, and. But if that comes with it, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, we, yeah. we talk about this a lot in show, the price of fame. Like, yeah. you know, like when you become such a superstar, Madonna, um, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson yeah. you know, go through that kind of list of people we've talked about who are like these, you know, it's like, you know, mm. it, 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 is that even like we're seeing it now. Like, is it a in, life? In real time, like Kanye. Like Kanye's right. breaking. Like you can, like, I'm fine with my little life. I'm really, I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I yes, would it be cool to have millions and millions of dollars? Sure. That's why I always think being like a, a like, um, uh, Trying to think, like who's a good like Francis Fisher from Titanic. That's a cool life. That is a cool because, life. Because like art, right, you have a, you, know, you can do your art. You're somewhat probably famous enough to get some yeah. some cool benefits, but yet you can like leave your house. Right. Like other than like Tom Hanks, not many people can do the ultra famous and like still be like normal. Absolutely. Well, all that to be said, he was depressed and you know had a lot of psychological issues, and he was spiraling down. So his wife um, actually introduced him to a psychologist named Eugene Landy. And Eugene Landy is mentioned in in the lyrics of the song too, uh, in the, in the first, or second verse of, of yeah he is. Um, to, I can't remember the exact exact phrase that he says, but um, anyway, so interesting. I, Eugene Land Landy, interesting character. He wanted to be in showbiz growing up. Um, I don't know how much he tried, but eventually he made his way to you know getting his his doctor or his PhD in in psychology, and he became a practicing psychologist and was he is famous for treating famous people. Um, Alice Cooper was one, there, several others. But what ended up happening was, and he developed his own, uh, this sounds like complete insanity, but he, he developed his own style of therapy called marathon therapy, where he, was, he would stay with you 24 hours a day, micromanage your life. That was, that, that's his fucking therapy. Um, so basically, like, to, to employ marathon therapy, you are, you are like giving away your free will. This guy's going to make the decisions for you or every decision that you make, you're going to bounce off him through your entire day. Um, so hired by, by uh, Brian Wilson's wife, Marilyn, and he just exerted all this control. And he even, he even started uh, like being in, in, in um, some of the recording sessions, having conversations with the band about what the, what the songs were going to be about. Like all he's, he's just grabbing his little tentacles in until uh, and he eventually becomes um, Wilson's producer, business manager, co-writer. He starts getting royalties. Uh, Brian Wilson, uh, you know, for some of the songs, Brian Wilson is paying him $420,000 a year plus royalties. It's just, he's just snaking his way in. And he gets fired because of his exorbitant fees in 1976, but rehired because in 1982, Wilson ODs. Oof. ODs, so they hire him back because they're like, well, at least Brian Wilson was functioning. Yeah. And, but it was really manipulative because they, um, because fucking Landy got royalties, he was making sure that Wilson was productive. Right. So he's, regardless of how healthy it was or not, he's getting him to write more songs. And so the band by 82 is thinking, well, you know, he was spiraling, you know, without, yeah, Landy's the fucking devil, but he's the devil, you know, and he's keeping Brian Wilson. Right. 
you know, producing content so he can make money too. And you know, the rest of the beach boys are have talent and are fine and you know, and as well, but they're not, they're not the creative genius that I'll put it this way. Brian Wilson, nothing to do with Kokomo, nothing to do. The Florida Keys. Yeah, I mean that that oh. shows you what the Beach Boys would have been without Brian Wilson. God damn, that's a bad song. Yeah. And that's oh. what the Beach Boys are. That's what Michael Love is. Yeah. You know? I mean, if you want to have yep. that debate. That's right. So they bring him back. And Landy says this in an interview. I influence all of his thinking. I'm practically a member of the band. We're partners in life. Can you imagine the hubris of fucking some psychologist saying that? What what an asshole. That does not sound therapeutic at all. Uh, Rolling Stone didn't um, did like an extensive sit in with them over the course of like eight days. And uh, this, this is from their article during the course of eight days spent with Landy and Wilson, it became clear just how much control Landy exerts over Brian's life with the exception of taking a brief drive by himself to the market to pick up groceries. Brian appeared to be incapable of making a move without Landy's. Okay. Insane. Yeah. And that goes on um, until nine, uh, until so Landy gets his license revoked by the state of California in 1989 for being a fucking charlatan, um, but still maintains his relationship with Wilson until 1992 when finally the fam's like family's like enough and they get a restraining order against him and 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 uh, and they part ways. But like Jesus, uh, I'm at like the, probably you know the most fragile parts of Brian Wilson's life and he's in the care of this fucking crazy motherfucker. Yeah. So that, so you know, so it, the song, yeah. I mean, they made a movie about this too. I haven't seen it yet though. Yeah, I haven't Paul seen it Dano either. Paul Dano and uh, John Cusack play different, Brian Wilson, different ages. Oh, that's interesting. And it deals I like with, Dano. deals with, uh, with Landy, I believe. And, and some of the emotional impacts that Brian Wilson has had. I have not seen that. I heard it's quite good. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the subject matter is very interesting and the song's okay. Um, so the issue that I have with Bare Naked Ladies is they're just a little cutesy and whimsical for yes. me. Yes. You know? Like a little, oh, there they are. Yeah, a little like self, you know, oh, talking about myself, and it's, it's look, all look how whimsical I am. Um, I was playing, so I was playing Benigali's for Laura, and um, that, did she not know them? She knows some of their stuff, but not all their stuff, and she didn't know the if I had or she maybe she some of the songs she didn't know Brian Wilson. She knew some of the other songs, and if, this is really early. If I had, yeah, it's so like late nineties, and she yeah. had been like you know, uh, like probably like twelve or thirteen this time, or sure, time, or even younger. No, she would have been like. No, it was 90, board, what we 98 she, we were about yeah, 10 yeah, or nine. Yeah. So it's like, uh, if I had a million dollars yeah. and it's like, you know, uh, and one of the lyrics is, um, but not a real fur coat. That's yeah, cool. Exactly. But then it flips to buy her a green dress, but not a real green dress. Right, that's cool. Exactly. And she goes, what is that? I'm like, it's a joke. It's a and joke. She, and she said, it's lazy. It is lazy. And I said, uh, you might be right. Or even the art Garfunkel. I uh, buy you some art, even a blah, blah, Monet, or I can't remember. The or, word, or, or a nice or, Garfunkel. Or, or a Garfunkel. Yeah, yeah. I was like, mm, that's, yeah. It's Pretty a little, funny. It's a and little she, too And she found it like annoying. Now, I will say I like Bare Naked Ladies. I haven't listened to them a ton since their sure. heyday. Um, I would call them a guilty pleasure. I can't really defend liking them. Like too much, you know, like I like them, but I know yeah. um, I put them in the same boat as they might be giants. Sure. At least see they they might be they might be giants is way more creative because they're they're really leaning into their whimsical and comedy and that stuff. So I, I find I think they're I see I think Bernie is is better than them. They're probably better as a band, but they might be giants is more creative. They might be giants also did a TV theme song and they did Malcolm Middle. Exactly. But I think there are a lot of similarities between those two bands. I hate that song, by the way. Life hear is that song. unfair. It's I, so bad. I don't like it either, but it's better. You're than, not the boss of me, boy. Oh, it's so bad. That's so cheesy. The other one is not cheesy. Uh, they might be giants. <laughs> I like less than Bare Naked Ladies, but I feel yeah. like they are both cousins. I can see that. Yeah, they are very similar to me, and they're both. And I realized it. I mean, the Bare, with Bare Naked Ladies, like I mean, go through some of their songs here. 
and I actually like like some of this stuff, and I maybe I shouldn't. Um, I like if I had a million dollars. I think it's funny. It's fine. I liked it out it's in fine. college. I got thrown out of a bar for singing it over and over again like a maniac. <laughs> in margaritas in Manchester. I got in trouble. Uh, I know that bar. Like, like one week, like one week is not a good song. I it's get not it. Not bad, but I enjoy it. It's like, fine. I can't help myself. It's I like it in spite of itself. It's it's actually it's it's kind of heartwarming and touching. Yeah, it's um, all right. The only part I think is a good song. I'll defend that. That one's their best one. So I like uh, this old, um, the old apartment and Brian Wilson are my two favorite. Yeah. There. Yeah. I would say the problem that I have though, is this. So here's the Brian Wilson chorus again. And then the old apartment. Same chords. Uh, here is the million dollar song. Same chords. If I had a million dollars. They're all their songs are the same chord. It's actually all in the same key. It's all in G. It's all GDC or GCD. It's it's the same chords over and over. Uh, it, it's like p- do one, four, five in a different fucking key. That, that's the problem that I have. It's like the, they, once again, we're confronted with a situation where we have a band that writes the same song, like Hootie and the Blowfish. I like them better. I than think her. they sound I like, different. They're, than they're better than Hootie. They're more creative than yeah, Hootie. I, but it's still the same song for all their hits. Like they knew what they knew what to do to make well, money. one week. It sounds different. That's a, that's a no. It's really not though. It's G to C. It's right. It goes G to C. G to C. G to C. Um, and then they go to the D in the chorus. So it's it's still the key of G, and they're using the C and the D and the G in there. It's it's the same thing. Mm. Basically the same thing. They definitely have a sound. I agree with that. Um, well, my favorite, uh, Baron Kitts, I always usually give like a deep dive song every show, I feel like, or at least I have been. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, I want to get it right. It is uh, Get In Line. Uh, it's my favorite Baron Kitts song. So you're looking for kind of a deep dive. Get In Line. Oh, here's the more, I, I was like wondering why I put this cut in, but this one's really whimsical. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Oh, I don't like this. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, like that. that. That's, that's, not that's like all the way whimsy. Yeah, uh, they recorded that naked, actually, mm. in, their, in this. Uh, so this, the album that this is on is Gordon. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. So this is the first big. So they had a, they had a few EPs before. Their, their most famous one was, I think, the Yellow oh, yellow Tape, which um, sold a bunch of copies. It went platinum in, in Canada. And they won some sort of, you know, sell records competition or whatever and got... Um, gifted $100,000 with which they used to record. They, mm. they got a, a big name producer who'd done a bunch of shit, which is a great idea. You get a name on that thing. Yeah. And then they recorded um, Gordon, the album that... Uh, that uh, I never had Byron that one. Sung. I had that... I, people had that live Stunt? album. Oh, the live album is after Stunt was a big one. Stunt was the a big live one. album. And then I actually had their Best Of, which came out like yeah, a couple sense, of years later. Because you get all the good and ones Because I there. didn't have... You know, it's like, oh, I got... I had, so I did have this CD, um, you know, with this song. It, it's good. It's fine. I like... I was surprised at how many albums they sold. Would you take the, what, what any guess? Hmm. Worldwide. I'm going to say 10 million. 15. I actually thought it would have been more than that. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Bare Naked Ladies. Still, still making records. Uh, I put one out in, I think, 2020, actually, with, uh, with their new lineup. They could probably stop. Um, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so what the fuck were you doing? Yeah. So we are in, we are right Deep in the middle of the lost years. Uh, lost years, of course, is this time between high school and college for me. Where I guess kind of took some time. If only there was a t-shirt. Yes. Oh, maybe one day there will be. Maybe one day. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is right in the middle of the lost years, um, especially 98. 
Because by 99, I was working with the Pride. Yeah. I was working game day. So we'll get into that when we hit that year, obviously. But 98, I really had nothing going on. And by this time, I'm out of, I'm out of high school for several months now. So I had like nothing going on. Yeah. Like I was just complete wasteland. Right. And um, 98 was an especially kind of like, honestly, tough year for me. But it was um, it was a year of nothing. And the more we get into it, the more you'll hear it. It's like, just like how pathetic it was, really. But it gets started off on a pathetic note. So this is very, this is a, a, a second week of January of 98. Yep. And um, I was over my friend Moody and my friends Moody and Simpy. We talked about their apartment before. <laughs> this is a place in Dover. Oh, we need a, a Moody and Simpy shirt. Uh, I don't know. If, uh, maybe. Uh, probably not. Um, That's going to happen. Go ahead. I'll design one. Yeah. So uh, I was over, over the house and we were all um, just, just being silly, just being crazy, watching uh, the magic hour and, you know, playing GoldenEye and playing Mario Kart. And the weather was getting worse and worse. Mm. It was like, it was a Friday night. It was, the weather was getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll let it pass. It was like, it seemed like rain, but it like became like ice. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so I went out to my car like one in the morning to go home and my car was like, just cover it. I'm like, I, the roads were like, I could barely get to my car. It was like an ice rink and right. it was still coming down. Right. And I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I never really slept over there very often. I just, cause I would just drive home. I would just like wait till I didn't drink a ton till I was 21. So if I was even a little bit buzzed, I just wait till I sobered up and go home. I just never slept over there. Sure. Um, but I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to crash on the couch. Like I can't drive home. And they're like, oh, no problem. So, um, I, I do. And I wake up and, uh, I think it was simpy. It was like, you got to check your car out. And my poor 1991 Ford tempo, the ice storm was so severe. A tree, a giant, I mean, huge. Uh, what do you say? The circumference is like that. Like, um, good 20 inches. Yeah. Branch fell directly onto my trunk. No shit. It caved in my entire <laughs> trunk. So my trunk had like basically that 20 inch yeah. diameter. I caved in almost like a cartoon. Fuck. Like had it hit my trunk and it bounced off. So like the rest of the car is fine, but the trunk and then like the side, the back panel is caved in. <laughs> That's true. And like, I'm working at member too. Cause during the last years, my only sent source of employment is McDonald's. You're there. Yeah, exactly. Now I did have insurance in the car. So I was still paying it off. Remember a previous story. I talked about how in 1990, uh, it was 96. I gotten into a car accident, right? Uh, I had two car accidents in, in 1996. So my mom said here that basically we'll buy you a nicer car, you know, okay car, but you're paying it off. And if you get another one, you're fucked. Like you're on your own. I'm not going to bail you out again. Which, right. So I was, you know, I was, and I got better at driving, got more responsible. So I only had had the car now for like a year and a half. So I still had payments. So like, but it wasn't sure. Yeah. So, um, it was bad. So like my, you know, I had my mom and stepfather come by and the car did start. So I was able to drive it home. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. the trunk, it was just a trunk, but the whole trunk was like, it was, it looked ridiculous. I'm sure it did. And, um, so I drive home and, uh, I drove to work that so Monday. You were, you were able to get the, the, okay. So the branch was small enough where you could, you could the probably some help. Bounced left it. Off. Oh, it did. Like it hit oh, the it trunk hit and then bounced and hit the ground. <laughs> That's funny. So like the, when I woke up, the branch was no longer on my trunk. Okay. Yeah. yeah but it. like, but it had done the damage. <laughs> like it must've hit my trunk so hard. Jesus. Um, so we moved the branch. I think we had to move the branch out of the way to, to back out. Cause I was, so the other thing too is I could tell the landlords were nervous. I was going to sue. I wasn't because I wasn't really in a parking spot. How it worked over there was, um, you had a driveway for the owners and then you had a kind of like a side driveway for Moody and Simpy. Sure. Uh, Simpy didn't have a car. Um, <laughs> Simpy had gotten into some trouble. He wasn't allowed to drive anymore. So, <laughs> so Simpy, I'm surprised. Simpy, Simpy liked to drink too much. So, uh, there was no car there. So he, he owns one car. So Moody had this spot. It was like a side spot. 
to I would park to the side of that, like not quite on the lawn, but it was like, I see it was like off a bit. Uh, but it wasn't on the side street. So I was still on their property. The tree hit me, but I'm like, I'm not really in a parking spot. I also like, I'm the guest. I don't want to blow Simpy and Moody's. They rented there. Sure. Like, you know, uh, it makes sense. Not the sue. Also really not super it's, litigious. So I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm good. It's not their fault. I mean, tree so I did call the insurance company and they came. So Monday morning I go, I drive McDonald's in this fucking dent in, in trunk. Work McDonald's and like, uh, like the lunch shift had just ended and the guy from the insurance company came by and he gave me a check. He's like, we're not going to total, we're not going to total it because that would fuck up your payment stuff, but we'll give you a check for like 400 bucks or something 400? like that. 400? Something like that. Jesus, you probably did axle damage. The weight I, of the thing. I don't think, so I don't think I did. So Jesus I took the 400 bucks, 400 bucks isn't, so then I got home that night and I was calling up like, you know, auto body places and no one's going to fix it for a foreign buzz. Like it's going to be a thousand dollars to fix that. Oh, and I'm like, fuck. If only I had a good role model then to uh, tell you that you should have, uh, you should have figured out what it was going to cost from the, from the, you know, the, the but repair if I went shop. Higher, they would have told him my car, I think. So be it. Then- I think there were reasons not to, I don't know. I'm not a big, it was like, I was just like, fuck, I was fucked. It's also 400. Remember is not too, I'm, I'm $18. I'm 18 years old. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're so a kid. I'm very yeah. young. 400 um, is not enough though. I had to sign a paper to get a check. They gave oh, me a t- money. Jesus. You know what I mean? So you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I was like, Sorry, here's buddy. money. I don't know what names cost. I'm 18. I'm working my dad. I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. So uh, I, t- I take the $400. It's like $430. And I, uh, they're like, it's going to cost you 2000 to fix this motherfucker. Yeah, I know they'd be like 1300 bucks. And they're like, oh. okay. I'm like, all right. So I had to drive around with this dented oh, in no. trunk for like two months. To the money to pay it was awful. Meanwhile, meanwhile, and we haven't even got to this element of my life. In my, t- <laughs> what did you do? So stupid. In my late teens, I was very against getting your car inspected. <laughs> I was like adamantly against it. I like I. So I would intentionally. Drive I think I would around. have liked eighteen-year-old Chris. <laughs> such, I was such an asshole. So I would intentionally drive around with uninspected cars. No, to get so pulled like, over. I didn't believe in the system. No, I didn't want to pull over. Like, oh. I was like fuck you. But then I was like, but I just didn't want to do it, and then I just hated it. So I, there's all this is going on. I'm like. I, I had the idea. I'm like, well, I should go get my car inspected. I think I got a ticket. So I'm like, all right, I'll go get it inspected. Cause that thing's not going to pass inspection. Yeah, I drove in the guy, like the mechanic. Like, what are you? No, of course it's not. I'm an idiot. idiot. <laughs> Guys like, get the fuck out of here, kid. <laughs> Such a moron. I was so young. I really, I mean, it's like, I was equipped to do certain things. Yeah. And then like, I was just a complete idiot. And like stuff like that was happening. I was just like, what am I doing with my life? And like, yes, yeah, like, if we hear you, it's probably like this guy's idiot. But like, think about eighteen-year-olds in college. Like, they do stupid. T- the only difference is, though, is that I wasn't in college, so like, I had no excuses. Like, I really should have been more prepared for the world, but I wasn't. I yeah. didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. And no, I see. College is that step. It can be a stepping stone with a safety net, right? To kind of help you. Through and some yeah, shit. I mean, I'm living at home, but like, you know, oh, actually, this time I barely was living at home. I was kind of like couch surfing. Yeah, I was like living with some friends in Pembroke for a while, so I didn't have a lot of money saved up. Mm. So I had like for two months, I definitely had to live home and I got enough money to get my truck for two months. I'm driving around with this kid. So it's like, you know, so like the first quarter of the lost years of 98, the, the true lost year, which is really 98, which is the truest lost year. Like, I'm not going to get any girls. No, 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 no. You might as well. Yeah. I'm all depressed because like a lot of my friends are in college. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? And now I have this like kid and you just all kidding aside. You can start to see how poverty happened. 
Like you of start course. to see the a few bad decisions and some bad luck and no support system and no support system. And, and you're, you're like, fucked. Oh, yeah, exactly. I kind of get it now. Like, yeah, I hadn't gotten anyone knocked up. I hadn't done it. It was actually not even my fault. Like a tree fell in my car. That's yeah. Not your fault. Anything wrong. But yet that one thing now it forced me to, I now I'm stuck at McDonald's for longer. I can't look for anywhere else to go. Right. I have to work. So I have to fix my car. I'm, I'm lucky my car is able to drive and now I'm trapped in this car. I feel bad about myself. Yep. Like it, you can see like you can see the humanity start to erode of course. because of the poverty. And like, these are the kind of lessons that like when I went to college, everyone's like, why are you working, you know, a hundred hour a week internship in the summer and like, you know, 40 hours. And you're also like, why are you, why are you up and I drink? Like, why are you like yeah. chewing the marrow out of like life? Like, like it's it, an insane degree. Why are you sleeping throughout the night? It's because I'm like, I have to live. Like I know what it's like on the other side. And if I don't max everything out, I, I don't want to end up like that. I right. was there. I know what it's like and it sucks. And I'm so grateful and thankful that I have my parents because if my mom. Yeah. If she weren't around or, or you were in a different state or wouldn't take you if in. If you're 18, get a place to your own. Like yeah. a lot of parents would have said, I would have been completely. Yeah. What would you have done? I would have been in that. I would, right. I, I would have survived, yes. but it would have been, I would have really sent me back. I probably wouldn't have gone to college in 2000. I certainly would have worked for the pride. Yeah. I wouldn't work for the pride because I couldn't have taken a game. We'll talk about that more 99, but I had to make some like, you know, I wasn't, you're, when you're working game day, you're only working when they're home. So when you're away, like, what do you do for work? Like, you know, if my parents and later on after college, my grandparents hadn't like helped me out a lot. I don't know. So I had like, you know, you look at stuff and you're like, oh, that is the advantage. And I, I hate this term, like privilege. I don't, I definitely don't want to tie it to race or name. No, but you did but from have. my situation, I was certainly a lot more privileged than other people are. Absolutely. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are. And there's people way more privileged than me. Like, oh, well, you know. Even though it's not your fault with the deck that you or the fucking hand you were dealt, you still had you still had some advantages that other people don't. Right. Exactly. I and, totally get that. And you're that. like, oh, you can like I said, you can start to see. And I remember like working at McDonald's during this time too, and like, you know, you work with people like they're managers, right? But like yeah, you know, it's yeah. fucking you know, you know yeah. fucking people, McDonald's managers. Like, you know, when you're eighteen, you're like, Oh, they must have their shit together, they're managers. But you know, if you walk into a McDonald's now, you probably don't think as an adult, you probably don't think the manager, you know, is, you know, presidential material. And maybe they are, maybe they're not, whatever. But like you know, you think they're these high and mighty people, but then in the back room, you hear them like calling like the electric company to get their power back on. Yeah. Or they're getting wages garnished because of child support or X or Y or Z is happening. And you're like, oh fuck. Like there's a really nasty side to this. There's an ugly underbelly to ha- having a tough time economically. Poverty is not like fun. Like not that anyone thinks it is, <laughs> no. but like when you really see people, when you're with people 40 hours a week who are going through it every day yeah. and you're not caught up in some college and you actually are like with people who are struggling and you're like, Ooh, this is not where I want to be. And it really completely changed. Cause in, in high school we talked about it. Like I was, I didn't even graduate you, on time. I was a fucking right. mess. I was exactly. fucking, yeah. you know, Sundays I would just skip school. Like I was just a fucking train wreck. I didn't yeah. give a fuck. And I was just lazy about a lot of stuff. So you had this experience. Yeah, but this was like, this was not fun. So yeah, so for, if you had seen, like, if you have drive around New Hampshire in 1998 in February and you saw a silver or gray Ford, Ford Tempo, Tempo. With trunk completely with caved in by a chick magnet uh, bumper no, sticker. No, I never did that. Yeah. Uh, then you, you know, that was, you probably saw me. Okay. The lost years. Another, another <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> such a mess. Yeah. Uh, All right. So what was happening now? Uh, The lunar prospector spacecraft launched into orbit around the moon and later finds evidence that there's frozen water in soil in the permanently shattered craters near the moon's poles. Oh, thank God. Water 
on the moon, my wow, friend. Wow, can you, can you believe it? Think about how much it's helped us. You know, that's such a stereotypical uh, Matt Carano headline. Fuck off. Yeah, uh, someone was talking about putting the a nuclear, nuclear reactor on the on the moon. What the? I, I don't know. So I, don't I just know. read, it was, it just like went through my Twitter time. I didn't read it, but I was like, mm-hmm. what the what the fuck is this? That story really is stupid. That's, and that shows you what a waste of money all this is. So you know, 20 years later, what, how has that benefited us? There's Aside water from, on the moon? Yeah. What do you want from me? I'm not NASA. I'm just telling, I'm telling you the headline. The space program sucks. But you can't say the headline sucks. It's just a the fucking thing. The headline does suck because it's something you would No, it's still pick. a major achievement would to I know that the headline? Dude, water on Mars is a major, like that's a, that's a pretty big fucking deal. I think it's, yeah, I think, I think eventually it's, I think it will help nothing. humanity. I think it's just because you don't deal. get, you just because you can't see past your own lifetime doesn't mean that that's not an important finding. This is an important finding to know that there's water because water, like you fucking turn water into fuel. Split atoms and turn into fuel, motherfucker. Care. Whether you care or not, you can't say that this isn't relevant to it's us as a species. Space is fucking relevant all. to our species. Oh, okay. So you're sitting there in Europe and you're in 1450 and you're like, oh, the new world, fuck it. Who's going to live there? Who's going to fucking live there? You better believe it was important that someone came over here and explored it because you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have cared. If I was then, though, I would be like, I don't care. You wouldn't have like, <laughs> so stupid. Right. The world is flat. Who gives a shit? Yes. <laughs> to the dumb headline Burn car boy or whatever you would have been. Right. Uh, number two, New York Mets GM George Young resigned. That's not the Mets, the Giants GM. No, he was the Mets GM. He not the Mets And GM. then he turned, yes, he, he resigned from the New York Jets in order to take a job the, as the New York you're Giants saying GM. so many things. First you said Mets, then you just said Jets. No. And he was the Giants. <laughs> so Mets, pick Jets. one. <laughs> he was, no, he was the Mets GM. He was not the Mets GM. Turned into the Giants GM. That's not true. And then took a job at the NFL level. Not true. It's, Are you sure? He's the Met. He was the George Young was the GM of the Mets. I thought he was the GM of the Mets. Then went to the the and then went to football and the Giants. Then went to fucking uh, went to George Young was never the GM of the Mets. I thought that's what the case was. No, we'll look at this off air. So what year was he the GM of the Mets? I can tell you who the GM of the Mets. If you tell me a the, year, I don't know. I don't have the year. Was it 1990? No, he. Oh uh, no, because Joe he, McElvain was the GM of the no, Mets. Wasn't no, wasn't 90. Uh, no, we're in 1998. He left Mets GM to be uh, the Giants GM. So George Young left the Mets as GM in 1998. No. I thought that's what it said. No, I think that was. Um, I think this headline's Steve, fucked up. Steve uh, Avery. No, stop. <laughs> uh, Steve Young. Yes, Steve Young was the the football quarterback for the 49ers. Was the GM of the of the Mets. No, uh, oh god, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he looks like Barry Boswick, but he's uh, oh, he was he get, he ended up getting sexual harassment stuff. But he, he I believe he was the GM of the Mets. Nice. Okay, maybe I read this wrong. But I'll, I'm gonna, George Young was never the man. I'm going to go look Mets. at this. I thought that was the weird thing is the progression from Mets very to uh, to Giants and then to uh, into the front office. He was VP of operations or assistant VP of operations. For maybe the, in the '60s or early '70s, you might trip me up there. But uh, yes. George so Young not the case. Fam- famously the GM of the Giants. Well, you can call that one a bad headline, but the first okay. one was an amazing headline. Number three, Roseanne filed for divorce from her third husband, Ben Thomas. <laughs> can you imagine being married to Roseanne? Like, Tom, I mean, Tom I, Arnold. <laughs> Jesus, I know. Well, he's a crazy motherfucker. Yes, he too. Is. I, I like, I mean, I find Roseanne creative and interesting and, and uh, compelling, but I can't imagine, cannot imagine being in the same household as that woman. Uh, no, it would be a disaster. Disaster. So that's what I got for headlines. Uh, uh, I'm you, gonna, before we get off you want to air, we, I have to look up if George Young was, because I can't, we can't let that But we can, we can talk about it. I can, we can, you know. I'm just going to do it real quick. George Young, Mets GM. Let's see if that pops up. Uh, it was. He was the GM of the Giants from 79 to 97. Hmm. I thought he was Mets and then Giants and then, uh, and then the, the uh, front office of the Here NFL. is George Young's uh, history. Yep. He was a coach of Baltimore City College from 59 to 67. I don't believe he that. He then became, okay. 
He was the Baltimore Colts before they moved to Indianapolis uh, assistant coach from 68 to 74. From there, he moved to the front office of the Miami Dolphins from 75 to 78. He was the GM of the New York football giants from 79 to 97. Huh. And then he was the senior vice president of football operations from 98 to 2001 uh, until he died. Uh, George Young never, never, in never in the Mets organization. How about that? Huh? Well, can't Chris dunks on him again. <laughs> Once. Fine. That's what I got for headlines. Do you want to talk about what we're doing for movies next week? Is that what you wanted to? Yes. Was there something else we were going to say? There was. I forgot. I T-shirts. Happen. T-shirts we talked about. Okay. Um, so, uh, yes. Yeah, so we are back next week. Another, this has been blockbuster in November. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big movie, movie. So when you next year, well, next time you hear us, hopefully it's Sunday for the Patreon for Jackie Brown. Yep. But uh, if you don't, that's cool too. Wednesday, we are back with back to the future. We're going 1985. Yes. Back to the future. Yes. Yes. So excited. That's Wednesday. Uh, Saturday will be Pee Wee's big adventure. Awesome. And then the Patreon show next week will be cocoon. I know we have, we have a Phil Collins so song much. next so, week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, uh, the music is amazing, music too. Music stack next yeah. week. Uh, dire Straits. Dire Straits. Money for Nothing is the, is the first the show. Wednesday, maybe the, so, yeah. So there, what, Take On be, Me is the Saturday show. Oh, Another huge. one. I mean, there's... The, the, I mean, just, yeah. This, this time, is stacked me. Like, I looked at, you know, I look at the fucking Hot 100 on this this, this week, and it's like, it's completely... So you could, you could choose... There are 70 songs I'd be happy to talk about. 80s song. pop is great. It's so so the next time you hear it, it could be... You could say it's our biggest show ever, because it's Back to the Future... And then money for nothing by Dire Straits. Right. Talk to find a combo. I think that iconic. I know. You know, we particularly for the eighties. Sometimes a song or movie got you down, but right. when you have both together. I know. That's pretty stacked. Um. So that is huge. Uh. Oh. Yeah. yeah there's one other thing, but I can't remember either. Yeah. I'll be kicking myself tomorrow, but that's okay. We'll talk about it some other time. We are next show. See ya. <laughs>